a virtual assistant should probably be your first hire. For about two years, my friend kept telling me, Don, you need a virtual assistant. You need a virtual assistant. But I would just sort of ignore it. The thing is, I knew I needed a virtual assistant. I knew I needed some help, but I didn't want to do anything about it for one reason. And the main reason, or the only reason really was, I didn't want to have to on-ramp that person. I knew how things were done. I got them done. I knew I did things in a quirky way. And I just thought a virtual assistant is going to be weeks, if not months, of trying to help this person figure out how to help me. And so I just put it off. Man, I'm glad I finally just bit the bullet and did it. I went to Belay Solutions, and that months of on-ramping turned out to be hours. My life was revolutionized. I would say that my company would not have grown as fast as it has without hiring a virtual assistant. With that, I want to welcome you to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. This is the only podcast that coaches you through a six-step plan to grow your small business based on the framework in my book, How to Grow Your Small Business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. Today, it's Trisha Shortino, CEO of Belay Solutions. She's joining me to talk about how you can on-ramp a personal assistant. My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. My First Million features famous guests like Alex Hormozzi, Sofia Amoroso, and Hassan Minaj, sharing their secrets for how they made, you guessed it, their first million and how to apply their learnings to capitalize on today's business trends and opportunities. In fact, here is a great episode you should check out. The Acquired Podcast Host, how they started and grew a multi-million dollar podcast. Sean and Sam are joined by the Acquired Podcast hosts, Ben Gilbert and David Rosenthal, to talk about scaling to a large podcast, the company they would like to own, the CEOs you don't want to compete against, and the 100-plus year history of Nintendo. Listen to My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Trisha, so good to be with you today. Hey, it's great to be here, Don. All right, so paint a picture of me of what life looks like without a virtual assistant. And what I mean by that are what are the telltale signs that you need help? What's happening? Oh, gosh. Um, It's pretty typical. It's working too many hours, which is the easy one to say. You know, you're working 60, 70, 80 hours, so you're missing things, whether that's missing things at home, you're missing time with your spouse or family or friends because you're just working too many hours. That's the blanket easy one. But then there's all the subcategories that are more, more emotional and physical, you know, fatigue and burnout. You're dropping the ball on some tasks. Maybe your business growth is stalling because maybe you're focused too much on business operations and not enough on business growth. Maybe you haven't spent enough time on strategy and you spent too much time on administration of the organization. But that's what we see. It starts with working too many hours and your quality of life is off balance. Yeah, for me, it was, you know, time was part of it, but I like my job. So that didn't bother me a whole lot. To me, it was balls being dropped. I mean, not getting back to somebody and then realizing two weeks later, seeing that email and saying, oh my word, I never followed up. I never sent this person a book that I promised them. I never read this person's book and got them an endorsement. You know, over and over and over again, I was saying, okay, every week I'm able to catch about 200 balls and I'm dropping about 10. 
and that's giving me a little bit of a bad reputation in terms of somebody who is able to follow through. That was probably the the number one thing for the me that made me realize, okay, I've got to do this. What do you say to somebody who, and I was this person, says, look, I'd love to invest in this. I'd love to have a virtual assistant. I do not have the time or energy or bandwidth to on-ramp somebody into my life right now. What do you say to that person? Well, first I have a snarky answer and then I have a better answer. So my first snarky answer is, can you afford not to on the path you're on? (laughs) Yeah. Shouldn't you stop, take time that you don't have to invest in your future self? the future of your business. Because the truth is, it does take a little bit of work. It's just like onboarding any employee, any person. You have to stop. You have to develop training. You have to invest in the relationship. The thing is, whatever you invest up front, you will get back tenfold later. Hmm. So I say, take the pause and onboard them correctly and then reap the benefits of all of those hours you're going to get back in 30 days from now. Yeah, easily. And my experience was it didn't take me a very long time. It took me hours. And I mean mean that. I mean, it probably took me 10 or 12 hours, you know, not all at once, an hour here, an hour there, you know, and then I would occasionally get an email asking me a question and I would answer that question. It just didn't take as long as I thought it was going to be. And it really, truly felt like by the next day, by day two, things were being taken off of my plate. And I was able to manage my life just a lot more easily. And also, Melissa had come to me with certain you know, templates, like, let's map out your perfect week. What do you want your perfect week to look like? I'd never been asked that question before. And so then I thought, well, I guess I would need Monday morning to write. And you know what? Tuesday morning to write. Okay, well, we're going to block that out. of you. It just started happening very, very quickly. And I really love that. Two of the things that I handed Melissa were my correspondence, my email, and my schedule. I'm wondering, you know, what does that entail, handling your correspondence to somebody? Maybe we can go by one, one by one. What does it entail to handle your schedule to somebody? And then what else do we need to hand to our virtual assistant? Let's start with just, do you start with schedule or correspondence? What do you recommend? Yeah, I would say schedule. That's, okay. that's what we see as the number one thing that people are offloading as soon as they get started. And this means basically you are saying, if somebody says, hey, I'd love to get together and talk about something with you, you know, what I do is I say, man, I would love that. Let me email you my assistant or I'll introduce them to my assistant and I'll say, Carrie, can you find, Carrie is now my assistant, Carrie, can you find time for so-and-so and and I to get together? That's really all it is, right? From our perspective. Truly. From from a delegation perspective, that's exactly what you're doing is you're, you're handling the scheduling to your assistant. Some of the things you might do in advance of that is give her criteria with which she can schedule on your behalf, which has a right. lot to do with your ideal work week, Don. Yeah. Right. So to set up your assistant to do that scheduling at ease, you're going to send her a criteria to say, I won't take meetings Mondays and Tuesdays mornings because I'm writing, but I'll take them in the afternoon. But I don't take them after five because five o'clock on is family time. Right. So really setting up your ideal scenario so they can take it from there. This is a new, that is a new dynamic to a lot of people. The idea that you wake up in the morning and you don't know what you're going to do that day, but you look at your calendar and it tells you. And I know that sounds crazy to a lot of people. It is wonderful. It is absolutely wonderful to be able to look at your calendar and see I've got writing hours in the morning. And then starting at 11 a.m., I do podcasts or I do, I meet with people or, you know, maybe there's a war room that I'm on or I'm going to lunch with a friend or something like that. 
Somebody else literally is running your schedule. And if you can offload that onto them, first, it's a great exercise in learning how to delegate because you're delegating one of your most precious things, your schedule. But also, it allows you to be fully present and to do your job extremely well. Anything else on the personal side that you would recommend? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Same as you, my assistant handles all of my personal life as well. And I would even add into that, she actually helps do a lot of my travel, personal travel and vacation planning for me. So right now she's helping me plan family vacations, things that maybe a travel agent wouldn't help you with, or maybe they're a small weekend trip and she's helping making reservations for dinner. She's helping book events or excursions or activities we're going to be doing, helping with birthdays and sending birthday cards to family members. She helps with a a lot of things like that as well, which is tremendous. Let's talk about correspondence. How do you hand your email to somebody? I mean, that that is like even scarier than handling your handing your schedule to somebody. How do you hand your email to somebody? Yeah, that is scary, right? I think, you know, you can do it incrementally or you can do it all at once. Um, the one thing I would say is a really great technique for setting your assistant up to handle your email is to create some templates or um, repetitive responses as a good baseline. So actually, when I was a virtual assistant, one of my clients did this great favor for me and created 30 template responses, things he would say. And he found himself saying over and over and over, maybe they were responses to, hey, I'd love to meet. And there were templates. Maybe there were responses to your marketing manager. So creating templates are a great way to start. The second thing I would say is creating the system with which you share the inbox, because the idea that you'll never be in it is not reasonable. Right. So maybe you have a foldering system, maybe you have a tagging system. I use a foldering system, which means anything that comes into my email that I have gotten to first, that I want my assistant to handle, I move it into the Cameron folder. Cameron's my assistant. She's in the inbox before me and she's going to handle emails. She moves them to the Cameron folder. So what's left in the inbox is the things that nobody has seen before and whoever gets to them first moves them appropriately. I love that. So it's creating little processes like that. Companies are under a lot of pressure right now, pressure to get more leads, close deals faster, and get better insights to create the best experience for customers. A CRM can help but not just any CRM, one that is easy to set up, intuitive to use, and customizable to the way you do business. That is where HubSpot comes in. HubSpot CRM is easy for everyone to use on day one and helps teams be more productive. Drag and drop your way to attention-grabbing emails and landing pages. Set up marketing automation to give every contact white glove treatment. Plus, AI-powered tools like Content Assistant mean less time spent on tedious manual tasks and more time for what matters, your customers. HubSpot CRM has all the tools you need to wow prospects, lock in deals, and improve customer service response times. Get started for free today at HubSpot.com. And now back to the show. One of the main reasons to hand somebody your email is so that somebody else can say no. It protects so much, you know, as as anybody who has any sort of people-pleasing inclination, 
you are just tied up with stuff you shouldn't be tied up with. And so somebody who knows how to graciously say no, you know, people just get it. They don't get it. You're not saying no, so it doesn't quite hurt or offend them as much. Uh, but at the same time, hey, Don's going to be unable to make that. You know, thank you so much. I mean, Carrie will go so far as to actually send them a little gift if it's some sort of, uh, you know, fundraiser. Or Don, would you and Betsy like to donate to this? It's another thing. You know, you, you meet all these people who, you know, somebody will send me a deal for a fundraiser. I just got one the other day. A buddy of mine's doing like a dance-a-thon thing, right? You know, he sent me the thing. It actually came to Carrie. I never saw it. Carrie, rather than having me read the email, go to the link, pull out my credit card, donate 250 bucks to this guy's dance-a-thon thing. He just says, Don, Jarrell's doing this dance-a-thon thing. Sounds like a blast. I'm sure you want to donate. How much do you want to donate? Like 250 bucks. That sounds awesome. Please send me a link if there's any video, by the way, after this thing happens. And, you know, and that's kind of it. And so, you know, you end up almost being a better friend because somebody else is watching out, knowing that you're going to be too busy and you're going to miss this. But this guy actually means a lot to you. So, you know, th that sort of thing is, is happening all the time. OK, we've got schedule. We've got correspondence. Is there anything else that you would hand a virtual assistant or that people listening would say, man, I'd love somebody else to take this off my plate? Yeah, I mean, the, the next big bucket for me is meeting note taking and follow up of meeting note taking. So one of the biggest um, areas that my virtual assistant really provides me relief is all of the follow up of everything that happens in a day. So we're in a lot of meetings, we're making a lot of decisions, and she's the person capturing all of those action items and not just handing them to me so I remember to follow up with my team or whatever that is but she's following up on my behalf as me. So it's almost this chief of staff standing where she's reaching out on my behalf. So that is something that has been life changing because I always use this analogy that as the CEO or head of an organization, you carry all of the follow-up monkeys, if you will, on your back. And being able to get rid of those follow-up monkeys and give them to my virtual assistant has been life-changing. You're right. It's it's absolutely life-changing. I love that you brought up the term chief of staff because that's exactly what it feels like to me. It doesn't feel like I have an executive assistant. It feels like I have a chief of staff who understands the agenda, understands the objectives, and is doing you know basically traffic flow in and out of my life in order to make these objectives happen. Anything beyond meeting note-taking and stuff? I mean, I realize there's a ton of stuff, but what else would you say is just low-hanging fruit? Yeah, there's so many things. I mean, there's there's the basics of ordering lunches, making sure I'm fed. Sometimes she's <laughs> ordering things to be delivered because she knows I'm going to be in between meetings without eating. Well, not only that, but when you have a meeting and you don't realize that that meeting's going to go through lunch and you're sitting here looking at eight people around your conference table and you don't have a lunch plan, that's a terrible feeling. And your virtual assistant will know, well, that meeting's going through lunch. Let me get everybody's lunch order. And everything is just somehow taken care of. Absolutely. You know, the logistics of everything that we possibly do. All right. Trisha, Belay Solutions is the name of your company. You are just, you know, you are the company that I've used in the past. So you're the, you're the one. And we, and we have virtual assistant uh, from Belay right now on staff as my assistant's assistant. And uh, we absolutely love what we're getting there. I'm curious, you know, if you want to scale into this, if you just want somebody at five hours, is that possible? And then how do you scale up from there? Yeah, so we start at 30 hours a month, which is about seven-ish a week. 
for the starter. For those of you who are just getting started and you want to start with a couple things a week, it's a perfect introductory plan. And from there, we scale 45 hours, 65 hours, 85 hours, and beyond. Um, The beauty of the model is that it scales up with you as you need. And if you're seasonal, it can scale down with you. So sometimes we have clients where maybe their summers are slower and they want to scale down and scale back up in the fall. So it's a very scalable, fractional, flexible solution that really just fits into your business needs at that time. So at seven hours a week would be the minimum that you can start with. How many hours are you able to scale up to? Oh, you can go full time. Oh, 40 hours a week. You can just go. Yeah, that's awesome. Sure. What are some stories that you've seen from clients who have hired a virtual assistant? What are some stories about what has happened to people after they've offloaded this stuff? Gosh, Don, I mean, this is truly the reason why I do what I do and why I love my job is that I get to hear so many stories of people's lives changing. Some of them are so relevant to their business where I met with a client a couple months ago who said, you know, her business has grown 50% since hiring a VA. But to your point on the other side of it, we have clients who we have really got to serve them in what could be very difficult seasons of their life. Uh, We had a client who hired a virtual assistant to help them with end of life planning for their ailing parent. And we got to be there for them and help them through that where they they just couldn't think through the practical steps that needed to happen because of the emotion and that we could have somebody be there to help them through that very difficult time. We hear so many stories and it's it's really why we exist. And not only that, but you're changing the lives of the virtual assistant themselves. That was the other thing that was really amazing to me is the stuff I didn't like doing they liked to do. They, they enjoyed that stuff. That's the blessing. That's what I say about my virtual assistant as well, yeah. is I don't like Minutia. She loves Minutia. It's unbelievable. Well, Trisha, congratulations on the success of Belay. I know you guys are just blowing up uh, over there in the best possible way. And Trisha, I know they can go to yournewassistant.com. We have a, a site at yournewassistant.com that begins the process of you getting a virtual assistant. We're, you know, we're obsessed with helping small businesses grow. One of the things that we don't talk about often enough is in what order should you hire who? And if you are, especially if you are a solopreneur, your virtual assistant should come the second you have some loose change. I mean, the second that you can afford it, because it doubles your ability, doubles your capacity. Where can people learn more about you and and, uh, all that you do? You can listen to us on the One Next Step podcast, where we also give some small business advice and really break it down tactically to find and discover what is the one next step you can take. And just to your point, Don, sometimes it is just hiring the right person. I love it. All right, Trisha, thank you for coming on today. Wonderful to see you again. Thanks, Don. How many times during that conversation did you say, oh my gosh, that's me. Oh my gosh, that's me. Or how many times did you say, that sounds so great. Imagine like the pizza parlor, the dry cleaner, the landscaper, your cousin, and somebody who you work with all being able to be contacted with the same phone number, with one. All of it is one call or one email or one Slack message. And it just makes everything so much easier. This podcast is really about making you more money. I mean, at the the end of the day, it's about making you more money. 
I don't like to give you investment advice that doesn't work, especially if you are a solopreneur and you are running a slight profit margin and you have the money to do this. I think it's your first investment. And it's very hard for me to imagine a scenario in which whatever you pay your virtual assistant, you're not making about four to five times as much that in return, especially just in what you can do with your time. If you are the lead salesperson, you are the lead personality, you are the lead emailer, you are the lead marketer in your solopreneur business, then your virtual assistant is going to free up time for you to do sales, more sales, more marketing, more relational sitting down with people, more being present in the moment. How much money is that going to make you? Okay, at the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action from today's coaching conversation. These are the main takeaways you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your business. And today's plan of action is twofold, really threefold. First thing is write down everything that you would want an assistant to do. So write down all that stuff about scheduling haircuts, all that stuff about scheduling your dry cleaning, all that stuff about making sure the landscapers come on time, all that kind of stuff. Write down all of that stuff and just keep a running list for the next, let's say, 24 to 48 hours. Just keep that list going. Put it by your on your bedside table, whatever you need to do, and keep adding things to it. You're going to be amazed at what you need to offload that is currently taking so much of your time. Some of you are listening to me right now. You're running an errand that you shouldn't be running. <laughs> because your virtual assistant can handle that for you. So make that list because what that's going to do before you even call an assistant is know what you're buying. What you're buying is not a virtual assistant. What you're buying is your time back from these things that you're doing. So you're going to know a little bit more about what you need an assistant to do. The second thing, and we talked about this, write out your perfect week. So literally just take a blank piece of paper and put you know Monday through Friday on that list and then write out what would your perfect week look like you know if you had every day monday tuesday wednesday to be creative in the morning until lunch meetings after lunch and then thursday and friday you were able to take meetings all day you know something like that and you actually wrote in what some of those meetings would be now you have what you have are two different lists you have a list of everything that you want to offload to an assistant and then you have a list of a perfect life that you want your assistant to defend. They are going to defend that perfect week. Now you really know what you're buying and you really know why you need an assistant. You're going to go into that initial conversation about on-ramping a virtual assistant for you much, much more prepared, ready. And they're going to be amazed because they're going to go, this person knows, this person's going to be easy because they know exactly what they want. And then you're going to want to go to yournewassistant.com and yournewassistant.com is going to have all the information you need to actually get started on hiring a virtual assistant and having them in your life. This, by the way, moves pretty darn quickly. By this time next week, you could actually have a virtual assistant. So you want to get started at yournewassistant.com. Most of the time, your assistant will work remote, and they're not in the same city that you're in. So when I say running errands, I really mean they're going to have some. They're going to find somebody in your area who can come to the house and pick up that dry cleaning, or they're going to call your your barber for you, your hairdresser for you, those kinds of things. They work remote. That has never ever once been an issue for me. I think I kind of thought it might be if the person was remote. And here's the thing: I, the way I got around it was, well, the Melissa is actually only about 20 miles out of town. 
And so uh, she can come into town if she needs to. Turns out she never actually needed to come into town for anything. She was able to do it remote. So don't worry about that. You'll have that conversation. Then you and your assistant will get to work. You'll have about two to 10 hours off and on for the first couple weeks where you're letting, giving them all your password information, your credit card information, if you're going to allow them to spend money on your behalf. And then all of a sudden, for me, it was day two, day three, things just started to go a lot more smoothly. The beautiful thing is about three weeks in, when you wake up in the morning, you pick up your phone, you look at your calendar, and there's stuff on there that you asked for two weeks ago, and you didn't drop the ball. There it is, the meeting, the follow-up meeting, whatever. Just so awesome. It's going to save your friendships. It's going to save your family life. might even save your marriage because you can be more focused when you're at home. You can be more present. Get a virtual assistant. So the plan of action, map out your perfect week, make a list of everything you want to offload to an assistant, then go to yournewassistant.com and get started. All right, everybody. Thanks as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we teach you how to grow your small business. I'll see you again next week. 